Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. If you sometimes lack the energy and motivation to get into the gym, or are hitting the snooze button instead of that morning class, or are just not feeling like you're giving 100% during your workout, Just Ingredients Raspberry Pre-Workout is for you. Just Ingredients Raspberry Lemonade Pre-Workout is a 100% natural pre-workout drink that increases energy, improves mood, sharpens mental focus, increases strength and endurance, and reduces fatigue. Just Ingredients is committed to its ingredients and only uses the highest quality natural ingredients that come from the earth. Just Ingredients pre-workout is naturally sweetened and flavored with real foods and contains no artificial dyes, chemicals, or sugar alcohols. So if you want some help getting a boost for your workouts, you want to try Just Ingredients pre-workout today. For 20% off of Just Ingredients pre-workout, use the code JIPODCAST2 on our website at justingredients.us. Once again, that's code JIPODCAST2 at justingredients.us for 20% off your pre-workout. Dr. Michelle Jorgensen and Dr. Lindy Jones are dentists that love helping kids and their parents with health-based dentistry. Dr. Michelle has been leading the way and teaching about health-based dentistry for 10 years. And Dr. Lindy, as a mom of a spunky four-year-old daughter, knew there was a piece missing for kids. She joined up with Dr. Michelle to create a health-based and holistic dental care program specifically for children. This includes non-invasive treatments with laser and air abrasion, biologically compatible materials without BPAs, fluoride, and metal-free options, and more. They love to share their methods and can't wait to help parents and their children be healthy for life. Today, I am so excited to have two dentists with us, Dr. Michelle Jorgensen and Dr. Lindy Jones. I've actually had Dr. Michelle Jorgensen on this podcast before, and you guys loved her episode. There were thousands and thousands of listens, and so I brought her back with Dr. Lindy Jones to finish more about what we were talking about and to talk about kids' teeth and ways we can prevent things. And so thank you so much for being on the show, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. First of all, let's just introduce you both to the followers. Tell them a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in holistic dentistry, things like that. Great. You know, I'll tell a shortcut version of my story because last episode I told a longer version, but uh, I'm Dr. Michelle and I practiced for about 10 years and the practice was going well, but I was getting very sick. So like probably a lot of the listeners that are listening to this, when you have a health challenge, you try to find answers. I was looking everywhere and traditional medicine couldn't give me answers. So I finally had my practice for sale. I looked outside of traditional medicine and found out it was the mercury I was drilling out in fillings every single day that was making me sick. So to be able to help myself regain my health and continue to be a dentist, I had to figure out how to do it differently. And that's really how the practice change came about is I had to look at what in dentistry could be dangerous could be harmful and what are alternatives that are that are healthy and that can actually aid and benefit health rather than taking away from health and that's really what total care dental came to be is the place that you can come for one stop shop for this kind of dentistry you know the the care that people are looking for answers that they're looking for for health challenges and answers on how to prevent health problems to begin with so the piece that i was always missing 
was the kid component. And it's hard, you know, in any kind of profession, it's hard to be everything to everybody. And I can't, I can, I can only be me, but I, I brought in specialists that could take care of a lot of the pieces that are required in my kind of practice. And we have this one-stop shop that's amazing, but we weren't taking care of kids. So when Dr. Lindy joined my practice, she's now my partner, and I'm so excited to have her here. We together decided that she was the person that could help introduce this kind of care the right kind of dental care to kids as well. So I would love her to share her story of how she got to this place too. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually met Dr. Michelle when I was in dental school and Carlin, you talk all the time about meeting people where they're at. And Michelle was so good at doing that for me because I was not ready to abandon some of the things that I was learning in dental school, you know, the things that the things that they teach in dental school don't always jive with the holistic approach, which I'm sure you can imagine. So it took me a number of years out in private practice to really realize that a lot of the things I was doing were probably actually more harmful to health than helpful. And it took some failures and some, I've done so many root canals in my day. I got so good at those things. (laughs) And it took me so long to see so many um, old failed root canals, new root canals that were failing. There were all kinds of things that led me back to um, being interested in working with Dr. Michelle. And we kept in touch over the years, but it was only recently that I was really ready to jump in and be fully converted to this uh, frame of thought when it comes to dentistry. So that's a little bit about how I got here. But then with the kids piece, it's really interesting. I didn't set out to do this. We had such high demand from patients. We were trying to figure out how to do it. So I started doing research. And the more that I found, the more that I realized it was so needed, not just not just for our practice and to meet patients' needs, um, but just for our community in general, no one else is offering this. We couldn't even send people to a place where we felt comfortable with the care that they were getting from a holistic standpoint. So um, that's just kind of led us down this rabbit hole of awesome, fun kid stuff. We're so excited to talk about it today. Let's explain to my listeners a little bit about holistic dentistry and how this is different than just the traditional dentist. So, you know, I actually don't love the term holistic because people think that I'm crazy. But you've met me. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm crazy. No, you're not. (laughs) Others may have a different opinion of that. But but we do. We actually are on the cutting edge of dentistry. And it's interesting. I was talking to a a big corporation about what we do. And they looked at me and they said, I thought we were going to come in here and see all sorts of crazy talk and all sorts of substandard dentistry. And they said, we've looked around your practice. You are ahead of everyone else. This is the kind of care that's saying, okay, the teeth are connected to your whole body. Imagine that. Imagine that the teeth can be connected to the whole body or that anything's, you know, influences one another. And so we look at the teeth and we say, what could something in your tooth be influencing in your health. If you're struggling with maybe chronic disease, let's say you have an autoimmune condition, a thyroid problem, what in your mouth could actually be correlated with that thyroid problem? And you'll be shocked to find out that 60 to 80% of chronic disease has a connection to something in your mouth. So that's what we do is we take the very best in dentistry and say, how can we make it better? How can we actually then apply it to making you healthy head to toe? And how do we make sure we're not using, I mean, your big one is uh, products and things that we use. Well, there's a lot of products in dentistry and a lot of procedures in dentistry that are actually going the opposite direction from health. So we say, what can we use? What can we do? What procedures can we offer? How can we improve upon what's out there so that at the end of the day, 
We're helping you to be healthier and helping you to find answers to some of these chronic health issues that you've not been able to find answers to. So that's what holistic dentistry is. is It's just simply looking at you from the whole, from the head to toe and saying, how is it all connected and how can we help? I love that. And I love that you guys find like a root cause of an issue. It's not just, oh, let's slap a Band-Aid on something. You're trying to figure out the root cause of something and it may be started in the mouth. But Dr. Jorgensen, will you explain to my listeners just quickly, because this is what floored me when I first went to your practice. Will you explain how the teeth are related to different organs and that energy system? Yeah, you know, this is, again, one of those things that people say, say, oh, this is, you know, witch doctor kind of stuff. This is all just hooey, but it's, it's not. This is anatomical. We're all connected top to bottom. If you think about it, the blood vessel system. So, you know, our blood vessels, our nerves, our lymphatic system, everything's connected. And we get that, right? If you touch something hot with your hand, that nerve impulse has to transfer from your hand to your brain, to your brain to say, ouch. You know, so we're connected and connected intimately and closely. Well, we're also connected through the energy system in our body. And when people, when I say energy system, people start thinking again, I'm crazy, but I'm not. When you go and get an EKG and they're measuring the, your heart, the way it's working, they're measuring the electricity in your heart. Okay. That's what that is. So that's all we are is we're connected with electricity. Basically that's how our organs stay powered. Um, I will often ask people, I'll say, okay, if your phone's dying, how do you charge it? We plug it in. What do we do if we're dying? We need electricity too. We need power too. And so there's ways that we power up. We power up through movement. We power up through food, which is, I know, a big, a big one for you. That's why it's so important to have the right food because it's our, it's our fuel source. But we also power up through touch and pressure in certain areas. And it's our hands, our feet, our ears, and our teeth have basically every organ system connected to them. And if you think about it, which systems in your body, which places do you get the most pressure or the most stimulation? Your hands, your feet. I don't know about ears. Apparently we need to be like loving on each other a little bit more with our ears. I don't know. (laughs) But a teeth, every single time you swallow, you put your teeth together every single time you chew. So you're powering up your body every time you're chewing. So every single tooth is connected to an organ system and it powers it up. So if you have a weakness in your tooth, so a a metal filling, um, an infection because of a failed root canal, any of these things, well, it's going to drain the energy on that same line. So let's say you have a molar in the back that uh, molars are connected oftentimes to the digestive system. So someone will come in and they'll say, listen, I have, I've had, you know, gut issues for forever. I mean, you know, you know, nobody that has gut issues, right? (laughs) (laughs) Most of Americans. (laughs) Only everybody. Okay. You know, so they'll say, okay, I have a gut issue. And I'll say, you know what, let's look at your molars and see if there's any connection there. And we'll look and lo and behold, there will be a failed root canal, silent infection, doesn't hurt, don't know it's there literally eating away the jawbone that is draining the energy on that gut system. Now, is it the only thing? No, but it's often the big enough thing that it can turn the corner for someone's health. If we get rid of that and we then power it back up again and, and fix it so that it won't drain the energy anymore. Thank you so much for explaining that. Cause when you first explained that to me, I was fascinated. I was like, wow, I have never heard this before. So I'm glad that education is getting out there, and I've actually heard more and more people talk about that. So thank you. So let's jump into cavities, because I know that's the main reason a lot of people go to the dentist. A lot of parents are always worried about their kids getting cavities. So tell my listeners, what are cavities and what causes cavities? 
So I'm going to cover what are cavities, <laughs> and I'm going to have Dr. Lindy talk a little bit about uh, what we do to prevent them as well, because this is a huge one for kids. Yeah. So cavities are, well, first of all, let's back up to what a tooth's made of. A tooth on the outside, the part you see, that white part, uh, is made of a lot of minerals, and those minerals form a crystal structure. So it's beautiful. You know, we smile and you get that gleam, right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the crystals in your tooth. Well, those crystals are made of minerals. So the way a cavity forms is if something sits on your tooth, this is what your mom told you. If you eat too much sugar, if you don't brush your teeth, you know, mom was right. Because the bug that sits there or the bacteria that sits on your tooth, if it sits there long enough, it actually starts to dissolve away the minerals in your tooth. You can also dissolve away these minerals from eating acidic foods too much. You know, if somebody's sucking on lemons day in and day out, it's going to dissolve minerals in their tooth. The same way that you would use vinegar to clean a pot that has like hard water stains, hard water stains are minerals. So, right. You'd, you'd add vinegar to those to dissolve those. Well, vinegar, you know, lemon juice will do the same thing to your tooth. So we have to say, okay, what, what's happening? Is there a bacteria that's sitting there too long? Is it, have you not cleaned your tooth or have you been eating too much acidic foods that it's still dissolving the minerals? Or oftentimes what I find is that you're not getting enough minerals through your food. This is again, your world, Carlin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're not getting enough, you're not getting enough minerals through your food. And so your body has a certain requirement of nutrients. It needs enough minerals to run your brain, to run your heart. If it doesn't have enough, it will steal them from its mineral banks, which are your teeth and your bones. So, so interesting. Yep. They'll show up with osteoporosis and they'll show up with cavities. So oftentimes people will say, gosh, I've had cavities my whole life. Every time I go to the dentist, I have 10 more. And I'll say, ha it's your gut. Let's figure this out. Cause I'll look and I'll say, gosh, you're brushing your teeth. And they're like, I know I brush my teeth 10 times more than my husband. And he never gets a cavity. You know, we hear this so often. All right. Then this is a gut connection. There's something happening. So what happens is if the minerals get pulled from the tooth, it leaves a hole in the tooth. Well, then bacteria crawl into the hole because it's easy to get in there now. And then they start dissolving deeper and deeper into the tooth. And that's what a cavity is. It's simply a hole that's been made as minerals are removed. So because the cavity is from minerals being removed, the good news is we can put them back in. So Dr. Lindy, how do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny, especially with kids, is that um, in most of my appointments with parents, we spend about two minutes talking about cavities. Yeah, your kid has some cavities, but let's talk about why. And that's, I think, the big difference between what we do and what a lot of other offices are going to do is that we want to know why they're getting cavities so that six months from now, we can say, hey, you've got nothing going on. You're doing awesome. See you in six months. And for kids, um, prevention is a huge thing. We do all kinds of things to prevent cavities. So if a kid presents with a cavity that's pretty small, still in that outer hard enamel layer, there are a lot of treatments that we can use to remineralize or get the minerals back into that area of the tooth. So um, we use ozone a lot in our practice. We use um, what's called hydroxyapatite, kind of a mouthful, I know, but that's actually the mineral structure of teeth is hydroxyapatite. Same with bones too. And um, recently there have been some really awesome advances in dental materials to include hydroxyapatite. So we actually use that instead of like fluoride treatments or fluoride varnish. We are completely fluoride free and metal free in our pediatric office. So we use a lot of, a lot of natural methods to help remineralize. But like Dr. Michelle was saying too, I also recommend for a lot of kids to get on a mineral supplement if we're seeing a lot of cavities because they've probably got gut issues. And there's a whole, I could dive into a whole rabbit hole with, with kids and cavities. I I mean, dry mouth is a huge thing with kids, kids who are breathing through their mouths. We can touch on all of that stuff if we want to, but um, 
it's super cool to be able to reverse cavities. Yeah, that is actually really interesting because I have been to many dentists having six kids with my oldest being 22. I've been 22 years of pediatric dentists and many times I'll say, well, can we remineralize this cavity? And they say, absolutely not. That's a myth that's out there. So is there a point though that you can't remineralize it? Yes. Oh yeah. So as soon as the cavity, as soon as the bacteria have infiltrated past that outside hard layer of tooth, past the enamel into what's called the dentin, it's just the softer inner surface of the tooth. Once the cavity has penetrated through that enamel layer, that's when we need dental intervention to fix it because we actually need to get something in there, a laser or a burr or something to actually clean out and disinfect the area. Because inside the tooth, there's a super highway of tubules and things can spread so quickly. So yeah, it's it's not always possible to remineralize. But as long as things are in the enamel, absolutely. Wow. I wish more dentists would actually help people remineralize those just beginning cavities rather than it always having to be a filling. So a lot of dentists will consider these to be watches, right? So if you've ever been to a dentist and they say, let's put a watch on this tooth, let's watch this tooth. What they're really saying is this cavity's in the enamel. It hasn't broken through to the dentin. So in six months, we'll look and see if it has. If it has, then we'll fix it then. So if you've ever had that kind of verbiage used in an exam, um, that's what they're talking about. But what they aren't talking about is how do we actually fix it rather than just watch it get worse? And And um, that's where mainstream dentistry is a little bit behind when it comes to options for actually fixing things and trusting patients to actually take control of their health and be able to do that on their own. So if my child has one of those cavities just on the surface level, um, would a toothpaste with hydroxyapatite be enough for that? I usually recommend a couple of things um, depending on the situation, but there are some Um, pastes that we can use. MI paste is an example of one. It's just very mineral rich, but I will always recommend a hydroxyapatite toothpaste. We love Risewell and Boca. You can get those online. We love those brands. We encourage people to, if you have little cavities like that, you can brush with it at night and then spit, but don't rinse it off. Just let those minerals sit on the teeth while your kiddo is sleeping. Um, So we recommend that a lot. We will also usually do an ozone treatment the day that we find a small cavity um, just to disinfect and desensitize the area and promote healing as well. So let's talk about the cavities that you do have to fill. What is your protocol for filling those? So for kids, we actually use a really similar protocol to adults. What we found when we were looking for materials to use for kids fillings is that fluoride hides in so many dental materials. I mean, people think if you refuse the fluoride treatment at your dentist that you're going to be fluoride free, but that's simply not the case. I mean, fluoride hides in crown cements, it hides in sealant material, they put it in filling material as well. So it was actually kind of difficult for us to source products that were high quality, but also didn't contain things that we didn't want. So that's something to be careful of. All of our products that we use for kids, most of them for adults too, are fluoride free. So that I think is a big one. 
Um, we do an ozone treatment. Um, and we use a little bit of ozone gas underneath every filling to make sure that there's no remaining bacteria in the area. And then we also, we have a few other methods we use. Sometimes we can sandblast little cavities and not even need to numb or drill, which is awesome. Um, sometimes we can use our laser. So we just have a lot of options at our disposal. But one of the huge things that we always do here is completely isolate a tooth whenever we're working on it so that it can stay sterile. And for kids, we've got a couple of different methods. If you've ever heard of a rubber dam, that's a really common one that people will use for adults. Um, but that's actually a really important step that most dentists don't take the time to stop and do because it just it's a little bit time consuming to do that and it's not always super convenient for the patient either but if you want something to be done really well and you want it to last um, having it completely isolated and dry is really important oh that's so interesting and, and me... I want to jump in and just add one quick thing if I can yeah I want to I want to explain what ozone is because we've talked about it and we use it a lot but a lot of times I get the question, what the heck even is it? <laughs> so, so I want to explain what ozone is. Um, ozone is simply three molecules of oxygen. So what we breathe is two molecules of oxygen, right? We hear O2 or H2O, you know, the, the, the O2 oxygen loves to be in pairs. I like to think of the third molecule of oxygen as like the third wheel, you know, nobody really wants it there. It doesn't really want to be there either. And so this, this three molecules of oxygen are forced together but the third guy wants to go find a pair of its own. It wants to find a date of its own. So the oxygen or the ozone, when we, we use it in a gas form, so it comes out of a little tube, a little handpiece, and it blows right onto the tooth. And that third molecule of oxygen that's looking for another guy to pair up with can bind not to our healthy cells, but to bugs. So, uh, you know, if, I always call them bugs for kids sake, but an adult yesterday said, now, when you say bugs, do you mean like, like bugs are in my teeth? Oh <laughs> goodness! Said, no, no, you don't have like spiders crawling in there. No, I'm meaning microscopic bugs, bacteria, virus, fungus, all of those things that live. So yes, when I say bugs, I mean, I mean the little, the little tiny kind. Um, so this little, this extra molecule of oxygen binds to all the bacteria. Remember that's what caused the cavity was the bacteria. The bacteria crawled in the holes. So it will, it will grab onto the bacteria and it kills the bacteria. It kills it. It opens it up. And this is my favorite part to describe. So it kills the one bug and then the bug, the bacteria opens up and all of its guts fall on all of its neighbors and its guts kill all of its neighbors. <laughs> so it, wow. so it, it creates this chain reaction of killing. So what happens is whenever we spray ozone on a tooth, there will not be any bacteria left once the ozone is done. Does that make sense? So what it's doing is it's completely disinfecting the tooth. So when you talk about remineralizing a tooth, that's what we want. Remember the bacteria have crawled down in the holes. We want them dead. So we, we use ozone and it kills them all. And then we add the hydroxyapatite, which fills the holes back in. So that's the key with ozone. And that's why we use it underneath every filling, because we want to make sure all the bacteria in that deepest place that it's crawled to are dead before we put a filling on top, because especially in kids, that will lead to the teeth dying later on. And we don't want that to happen. It also allows us, this is really cool. So moms, well, this will be a pain point for a lot of moms that are listening. They may have been told that their kids need what are called pulpotomies, which are a kid's version of a root canal and a stainless steel crown, which is a metal crown. Well, if you, if you know anything about me, if you listen to anything I talked about, those are both no-nos, root canals and metal in the mouth. So this is something we're putting in our kids routinely 
every single day of the week. We're putting root canals and metal crowns on top of them. There couldn't be anything worse, in my opinion, for a growing child. So what we do is using that ozone, we're able, if the tooth's still alive, we're able to kill all the bacteria at the deepest level, fill over top of it and not do that little kid's root canal or pulpotomy. If the tooth's already dead, there's no choice. We have to actually remove the tooth. Instead, we still won't, we still won't do these root canals. But then after we do any kind of treatment like that, we use a zirconia crown. So the crowns that we put on top are not metal. And most, like literally, I can't hardly find a pediatric dentist that I could send someone to to do this. That's why we started doing it. We use all zirconia crowns on top of these as well. So if the child is to the place where there's no choice, there's so much you know, the cavities are big enough and, and, you know, some moms are going to be at that place. It, it just is what it is. And we, we never guilt anybody. We never make you feel bad. We never do any of that. We just say, let's just help you. Let's just get you. So, you know, you're at a better place and you don't ever have to have the situation again, but in that situation, we have a better solution. We do use ozone instead of doing these root canals and we use zirconia crowns instead of metal. Oh my goodness. I love it. So my question though, is why don't more pediatric dentists then, or actually any dentist use ozone? That's a great that's a question. Great question. <laughs> we're trying to beat the drum, believe me. That's why we're doing a lot of this and we're trying to teach. But actually, this is a good question because what I found, because I do teach dentists, I teach dentists and I have a whole academy that teaches them these things. And we're going to be creating new, new academy content that's now the kids pieces, but they're not knocking on our doors. They're not right. knocking on our doors. I'm, I'm going out to find them and trying to convince them, which never works, you know, trying to convince somebody of something they don't really want to know never works. So I'm trying to convince them. So guess what needs to happen? All of you people who are listening, you need to ask this of your dentist. You need to demand this of your dentist, because when your demand becomes loud enough in their ears, they will then come and find us and we'll be able to train them. But until they're ready to hear it and until there's motivation enough for them to do it, I mean, we, we're different. We are internally motivated. And actually, Dr. Lindy has a really good story about her daughter that is a motivator for her, too, that I wanted to share before we're done. But we're internally motivated. I, I'm motivated because I got sick from all this. She's motivated because she just didn't feel fulfilled doing what she was doing. But a lot of dentists are doing fine. There's just not a lot of motivation until you show up on their doorstep and say, I know there's something different. You need to go learn. It basically comes down to once we know better, we should do better. So as parents are learning about this, then they can ask for better from their yep. dentist. Yep. And if you use real words, if you say, gosh, I heard about ozone and I, I'll tell you what they're going to say. They're going to say, oh, that doesn't work. You can say, I believe it does. I'd love you to learn more if you could. And then they come and they ask us and they come to my ozone course and they learn. But you need to demand, you need to ask these things. You know what? I'm giving you the permission to do that. <laughs> I'm giving you the permission to do that. Okay. So um, talking past the ozone, the metal crowns, mm -hmm. why do you not like to put metal crowns in? So remember that energy part that we talked about? Well, metal creates a battery. This is how batteries are formed. We put metals in a solution. If you look inside, if you, if you take apart a you know, Duracell battery, I don't encourage you to do this, but if you did, what you would find is you would find two, to different, two different kinds of metals with a solution inside and it conducts electricity. So when we put metal on top of one of the teeth, it pulls electricity out of your body. It's like what happens to my phone when I'm on a Zoom call. <laughs> you know, my, my phone's charged and by the end of the Zoom call, it's dead. That's what a metal crown does on a tooth is it actually drains the energy from whatever organ system it's connected to rapidly rapidly. It's just a place that the energy drains out of. So when we have metal, it's different than mercury. 
Uh, you know, I talk about mercury fillings and mercury, everybody gets the mercury is a problem. These crowns don't have mercury in them, but they're metal, they're metallic and they create a battery and they just drain the energy. So this is kids who all of a sudden are really cranky and honoring and they can't focus in school and you wonder why. It's because they have no energy. It's been drained out day and night. So interesting. Well, and talking about mercury fillings, that's actually how I found you originally because I had so many silver fillings in my mouth. And when I found out they had mercury in them, I was like, oh my goodness, get these things out of my mouth. Maybe tell the listeners just a little bit about mercury being in silver fillings, but they're not allowed for kids anymore, correct? No, that's not correct. Oh, shoot. I, yeah. Okay. I wish, I wish that were true. It's the ADA's recommendation as of, what is it, last September, last, last September. August. Um, it's their recommendation, but it is not a requirement. And it's only children under the age of six that they recommend it for. And pregnant women. Oh, wow. So there, there's no regulation. In Europe, there are. There's many regulations. But uh, here in the U.S., there are not. So it, every single day. In fact, this is often done in... Um, clinics that see a lot of children, especially children in a low income demographic. Uh, this is the, this is the material of choice they use because it's cheap and it's easy and they can slap it in a tooth and move on to the next kid really quickly. And I think we're creating a whole generation of kids who have some serious, some serious issues because of the mercury. That's so interesting. Okay. So talking about the gut, you were talking about the gut being an issue with people's teeth. So if people kids get a lot of cavities and you think it's a gut issue, what do you recommend to the parents or what do you teach them? So we always recommend uh, making sure that kids are getting all of their fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. And then we also recommend as well, if they feel like their diet is adequate, um, that we do the baking soda test, see um, how their kids' uh, stomach acid function is working. Michelle could explain more about the baking soda test and how that how that works, but we recommend doing that. And then we also will recommend a mineral supplement if we think that there's some absorption issues. Um, even if their diet seems to be pretty good, if they're having issues with absorption, then getting extra minerals is going to be really important inside their bodies, as well as on the teeth themselves, which brings us back to that hydroxyapatite toothpaste for the teeth themselves. So let me tell you about the baking soda test because it's one of my favorite science fair experiments for families. <laughs> so what this is, is you take a quarter teaspoon of baking soda and this is for an adult. So if you have a, you know, six-year-old size it down, you know, eighth of, eighth of a teaspoon, quarter of a teaspoon of baking soda and a cup of water. You drink it and you time to see how long it takes you to burp. This is why it's so fun for the whole family. Okay, I tell everybody, <laughs> hey, every, especially boys, they're going to be all over this. You're like telling them, burp, come on, let's see how fast you can burp. Of course, they're going to want to do it. The reason it works is it's just the same as that volcano that you make your kids for their science fair experiment. You add baking soda to vinegar in the volcano and it erupts. Well, what you're doing is adding baking soda to the acid in your stomach and it should erupt. And an eruption in us sounds like a burp. <laughs> so you're wanting to see how active is that stomach? Is there enough acid to actually break the food apart? That's one of the functions of stomach acid is the food goes down and the food has to actually be broken apart into absorbable pieces, into minerals, into amino acids, which is the building block of a protein. You have all these protein patterns. I'm sure you studied protein, protein in depth. You know, amino acids are the pieces that proteins are made of. Well, our body doesn't recognize proteins. It doesn't recognize minerals all hooked together. It has to have them broken apart to be able to utilize them. If your stomach acid is not adequate, you can't do that. 
So then they just pass through the other side. They're never broken down. It often leads to a lot of protein sensitivities, which equal gluten sensitivity, mm-hmm. dairy sensitivity, egg sensitivity. Those are all large proteins. This is why our bodies can't tolerate them because our stomach isn't breaking them apart into absorbable, recognizable pieces. So the baking soda test helps you diagnose, is this my problem? So you should burp within two to three minutes. That's the key. Two to three minutes, you should be burping. If you are not burping in two to three minutes, it means you do not have enough stomach acid. This is an epidemic in today's world, and it's largely based on the lifestyles that we live. It's based on the foods we eat. It's based on, I don't know how you feel about this, Carlin, actually, but it's also a problem because of all the antimicrobial products we use. Think about mouth rinse. Typical mouth rinse has an enormous amount of alcohol in it. Uh, other antimicrobials. Well, you're going to swallow that. You're swallowing that. It's sending it down to the gut. It's killing all the gut bugs in there, which decrease then the acid production. And now our gut isn't working as well. All of the hand sanitizers and things that are just literally, all of our products are, are loaded with these things anymore. Everything we put on our skin, everything we ingest, they're loaded with antimicrobials. Well, we actually need those things. <laughs> we need the microbes. They're, they're, they're beneficial. And so if we kill all of those off, we have a real gut absorption issue. So stress also does it. Stress makes it so that we don't get enough, we don't get enough stomach acid. There are ways to supplement this. Betaine is my favorite. It's a beet-derived product. It's an acid, a stomach acidifier. So it's called betaine, spelled B-E-T-A-I-N-E. Everyone always asks me, what did you just say? <laughs> so that's how it's spelled. If you add betaine along with meals, it will help you absorb the minerals that you need, the, the amino acids that you need out of the food you're eating. So this is a starting point for kids and adults alike is get your gut absorbing. Well, actually, no, the starting point is what you teach is actually eat the food that contains the proteins <laughs> and minerals that you need. Then step number two is make sure your gut is actually absorbing them properly to be able to get them in, into, your, into your teeth. So the gut's an enormous piece in dental health. That can be solved. So I love that you talk about the baking soda test because I have to tell you a couple years ago, we found out I wasn't absorbing amino acids, like I wasn't breaking them down, things like that. So I was having a protein issue. So we did the baking soda test and I eat healthy. I think I eat really healthy. And so I thought, oh no, that's not going to be the case. Oh my goodness. I didn't burp for nine minutes afterwards. And so I was like, wow, I actually need help with my stomach acid. So I love that you talk about that because I learned that from a functional medicine doctor. So, and it has nothing to do with whether you eat healthy or not. Right. That's what I, you're eating healthily, which is fabulous, but you weren't getting the benefit of all that good, healthy foods you were eating, which is a tragedy. So make sure you're actually getting the food that getting the nutrients out of the food you need. So I have one more topic because I know we're probably coming to the end. Can we talk a little bit about sleep? This one's a huge one for kiddos. Yes. And I still have two more topics that I need to ask you about. So (laughs) we can keep going as long as you want. Okay. Come back to sleep in just a second. Let me just ask you two other things really quick. So mouthwash, you just talked about how you didn't like it, but there are a lot of teenagers out there that want to swish with mouthwash every time before they go out the door, including my own kids. So what's a substitution for that? 
My favorite mouthwash substitution is, it depends on what your whole goal is. If you're looking for the date fresh breath, which that's what your teenagers are looking for, an essential oil is the key for that. In fact, it's been interesting. I don't do a lot of essential oils internally, but peppermint oil is actually safe to do that with. So peppermint oil and a little water with, if you want something to make sure your gums are healthy, you can add some nano silver or, you know, you probably talk about silver. You can add a little silver to the water with a drop of a essential. It only takes a drop. And this is an amazing mouth rinse. And it's funny because I've been using this for my gut health just lately, a little bit of peppermint. And my husband's like, Oh, you always smell so nice. I'm like, Oh, apparently I didn't before, but uh, <laughs> now I do. <laughs> so, so it works. It works. You always smell very nice. And it's a very simple thing. If somebody's wanting a more therapeutic approach, like they want to actually do something for their gums, their gums are bleeding, you know, health wise that way, the very simplest, easiest, best things to substitute with are salt. Salt is very medicinal and healing. So a little bit of salt in some water, and you can also add a little bit of hydrogen peroxide in water. Both of those things are very healing along with that silver. So those are very basic, very simple. You can make them at home if you'd like. That's good to know. And just FYI, there are some mouthwashes out there without the alcohol in it, and they're full of like essential oils, things like that. So there are some better choice products on the market as well. Absolutely. There are some really nice ones. The alcohol is the thing you want to avoid. And I just don't like all the fillers and things that they add. Right. Um, so make sure that you're just, that you like every ingredient because you are putting them in your mouth and it, you are swallowing it, whether you think you are or not, it, it is getting in. So make sure it's something you would actually want to eat. Yeah. Not to mention all the dyes and stuff that they put in there as well. Oh, that's true. True. Okay. One other question you talked about at the beginning being a fluoride free practice so what is the issue with fluoride? Because it is a very controversial topic out there. So this is a tricky one because um, most of my dentist friends will not agree with me. Um, fluoride is the only thing that we add to our water supply that treats humans and not the water. So we're kind of mass medicating the public with fluoridated water. So people are already getting quite a bit of fluoride, probably more than we need anyway. But then dental products contain all of this fluoride. So fluoride actually has been proven to harden enamel and bone. So it will make it I don't want to say stronger because it actually makes it more brittle, but it, it will make it harder. But the problem with a cavity is that Dr. Michelle says this all the time. A cavity was never a deficiency of fluoride. Our teeth don't have fluoride in them to begin with. So why are we fixing a problem that never really existed? We didn't need fluoride in our healthy teeth. Why do we need them in teeth that are sick. So it just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us to be adding something to a tooth that it doesn't naturally have anyway, that um, can cause other systemic effects. I mean, fluoride in high concentrations is a neurotoxin. I don't want anything to do with that. So interesting because we have a, a hydroxyapatite that we can use instead. So we don't need the fluoride, but I like your analogy, how the tooth didn't have it in the first place. So why are we adding it? That's actually really interesting. Okay, moving on to sleep now, Dr. Jorgensen. So how does sleep play a role in our uh, teeth, in our teeth health? Well, it's even bigger than that. Uh, oftentimes we see the signs of sleep issues by looking in your mouth, 
but sleep issues contribute to your overall health, quality of life, and longevity. If you have poor sleep, which nearly 80% of the population today does, they struggle with sleep. If that's your situation, it will decrease your life expectancy by 20%. This is proven through research. So if you are going to live to 80, you're now going to live to 60 because <laughs> of sleep issues. So this is something that we all need to know. Not only do we need to know the signs of it, but we need to know what to do about it. So I'm going to cover the adult piece and Dr. Lindy's going to cover the kids piece because this is absolutely imperative to know in these kiddos so that we can not perpetuate the problem we're seeing in, in the adult generations today. You know, this is one of the shocking statistics I've heard recently is that our kids are actually projected to live shorter lives than their parents for the first time in history. So that means we need to wake up. We need to change things that we're seeing in our lives and make them better in our kids' lives. And what parent doesn't want to do this? Of course we want to do this. Right. We just need to know. We just need to know how. We just need to know how. So for an adult, there are some things that you can do from a sleep hygiene. It's called sleep hygiene standpoint. You know, take your take your phones out of your room. Everybody tells me, oh, my phone's my alarm clock. It's the worst alarm clock you could have because it's actually emitting EMFs or frequencies that are stimulating your body all night long. Your body can't get to deep sleep when it's being, you know, all night long, zapped awake all night long. So those are pieces that anybody can do at home. You can, you can improve your sleep hygiene, get your phone out of your bedroom, um, you know, make sure that the lights are out, that there's no, that there's not, you know, 15 different electronic things plugged in your room that have those little red lights on them that are simulating you awake all night long. I mean, there's, there's a lot, I could talk for days just on those pieces alone, but if you've done all of those things and your sleep's still suffering. So when I say sleep, I mean, going to sleep, staying to sleep, people will say, oh, I just wake up to go to the bathroom. Guess what? I've got a little secret to let you in on. Your body has an enzyme that will shut off the need to go to the bathroom when you're in deep sleep. So if you are waking up to go to the bathroom, it means you're waking up. Then your body's kicking in going, well, I'm awake. I might as well go to the bathroom. So you're not waking up to go to the bathroom. You're awake. So you're going to the bathroom. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. So people tell me that all the time. I'm just getting older. I wake up, you know, four or five times to go to the bathroom. Haha. <laughs> that means you're waking up four or five times because you would not be waking up. I, I don't wake up at night to go to the bathroom. My husband does three times. I guarantee you it's because he's just not sleeping very well. So these are signs that you need to pay attention to. There are, if you are snoring, you are a child of snoring. That is an obstructed airway. It means there's something in the way of you getting air and air is literally the elixir of life. <laughs> air is the thing that keeps us alive, right? You can go three minutes without air and then you will die. Any of us will die. And your body knows that. So if it's struggling to get enough air to stay alive, it will simply wake you up because oftentimes you awake, your muscles are able to engage, hold your airway open. You, you move, you turn, you toss, you grunt, you, you squeeze your teeth together, which flattens your tongue. You do all these things. Your body knows I will die unless you breathe. So you will wake up right now because you are not breathing. So your body will tell you, if you're having any of these things, you are not sleeping and there's something most likely structurally that's the problem. So this is when we dive into what do we do? What do we do about it? We have, and a lot of, there's, there's dentists that treat sleep. Um, the CPAPs are an epidemic. You can't believe how many people are getting prescribed CPAPs nowadays. The CPAP is simply a device that forces oxygen down, down the tubes, you know, or oxygen through your mouth, through your nose, whatever, down into your lungs. It does exactly the opposite of what we would like, because when you do that, you're flooding your lungs with oxygen, which is good. It keeps you alive, but it tells your brain, stop breathing because you're getting enough. 
these are these reverse, these reverse triggers that our body uses. So if you flood your lungs with air, it tells your body to stop breathing. It makes the problem even worse. And who wants to be married to a machine for <laughs> night, for sleep time for the rest of their life? I can tell you all my patients don't. So the next step up is people use an appliance that just moves the bottom jaw forward, which helps to get a little bit more air. But in the long term, two, three years of that, typically you're going to get joint changes, jaw joint problems, and degeneration. That, again, is not a solution. That's just simply a Band-Aid that, that's a very poor Band-Aid at best. So we actually have solutions for adults that will reverse the reasons that these problems occurred in the first place. A lot of times they're related to tongue ties. Tongue ties clear from infant time, which is why Dr. Lindy's going to jump here. Um, but uh, they're also related to the size of our jaws. If you had to have braces, if you had crooked teeth, if you had teeth removed for braces, heaven forbid, I guarantee you, you've got a structural issue that's leading to your sleep issues. Guaranteed. We can reverse all of that. We can reverse engineer, reverse, reverse time, basically turn back time, open up your airway again, help you breathe again, and have it be a solution to the root cause not a Band-Aid. This isn't something you were married to for the rest of your life. This is something that fixes your structural problems. So that was a lot. And I could talk on an hour for an hour just on that alone. But I want to jump into why this is so important in kids and how we can prevent a child from turning into a sick adult. Yeah. After seeing all of our adult patients and we can do some really incredible things. I mean, we have some amazing experts that we work with here in our office and seeing them is so inspiring every day. And when we were talking about treating kids we really started to put our heads together and we're thinking, man, all of these things that we're treating, especially to do with airway and tongue ties and sleep, all of these problems really stemmed from childhood, sometimes even infancy, if we're talking about a tongue tie. Um, and so how cool would that be if we could prevent the need to have all of these adult patients in our practice 20 years from now, if none of those, if none of our patients needed these these therapies in 20 years, that'd be so amazing. So that's really what we're, our main focus with our kiddo exams is looking at the body as a whole and what signs we're seeing in the mouth. So for kids that have a lot of cavities, for instance, it may be a gut issue, but also if they're laying down, looking at the TV and their mouth is wide open when I walk in the room, that's a clue to me that they're breathing through their mouth when they're relaxed and that their resting position of their mouth is not healthy. And drying out the mouth, breathing through the mouth can cause so many cavities. So that can be a causative thing, a root cause of why you're getting so many cavities. If you've kind of checked all the other boxes for your kids, if their gut seems to be fine, check out mouth breathing. That's, that's a huge one. And tongue ties can be related to that as well. It's really interesting. I learned recently while we were working with lactation consultants and kind of getting our systems established for seeing infants, because that's a newer thing for us. They let me in on a secret that I had no idea about. So all of these, all of these lactation consultants that we're working with are NICU nurses and they are lactation consultants on the side. And the reason why they can't do that in the hospital is because they're simply not allowed to even mention a tongue tie at all when they're at work. Um, they can be fired. And I actually know a couple who have been fired for saying to a parent, you know, your kid might be tongue tied. That might be why you're having troubles with latching or whatever. And so they referred them to a dentist who could help them with that. And they got fired for it. So I don't really know why that's the case. I have a couple ideas, but um, it's just something that not a lot of people know about. And people that think they know about it often just haven't talked to the right expert because um, a tongue tie is largely functional. It's not always structural, meaning you can't always 
see it super clearly. You know, if the end of somebody's tongue is tied down to their floor of their mouth and they can't stick their tongue out, obviously they're tongue tied. But there's so many variations of functional deficits. Sometimes babies can be helped with some therapy. Sometimes it's a surgical fix, but we just have so many people who are suffering with breastfeeding. I was one of those people and I didn't even realize it until I started learning all of this stuff. And I've got a four-year-old now and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have known this when I was first breastfeeding. Um, my daughter is lip tied. Um, her top lip is pretty tied. And in learning about all of this, really a lip tie can be even more detrimental than a tongue tie when it comes to latch. So my supply was horrible. I was working and I would be in between patients and I'd go back into the bathroom to pump and I was just getting nothing. And I'd sometimes like have to wipe my tears in the bathroom and then go back out and see another patient. And it was so stressful. And now I'm, the more that I'm learning, the more I realize these breastfeeding problems don't have to be. Babies should be able to latch. Moms should be able to breastfeed without any pain. And um, supply has a lot to do with how much the baby is getting, right? Your, your breast will fill up with milk exactly the amount that is taken out of it. It's kind of a pull system, right? Not a push system. Your body doesn't decide how much milk you need to make. Your baby decides how much milk your body needs to make. And that's why people pump and all of that stuff too, to supplement. But it's just really been interesting for me to dive into this whole prevention world because it's taken us all the way back to day old babies and getting them off on the right track for their lives. And we're doing those treatments now here in the office. We're actually doing lip and tongue tie releases and doing it in a very holistic manner and teaching mamas how to uh, improve breastfeeding efficiency. And um, why do we do this? <laughs> because those lip and tongue tied babies turn into adults that aren't sleeping and whose mouths are too small for their tongue and they're snoring and they have 13 chronic diseases that they can list off to me because they are not getting the oxygen that helps keep them alive. So that's why we're taking it all the way down to day old infants, because if we can prevent it in an infant and help mom and nurse, obviously that's benefit, but man, we're turning that kid into an adult that's going to be healthy. It's going to be sleeping healthy and um, not having all the, the issues that their parents may have. All of this is so interesting. So I've had a few babies that are tongue tied and it actually was hard to find a dentist that would take care of it for me. But as you're talking, I had two thoughts. I'm like, one, I'm sending my husband to you guys because now I'm wondering if he was tongue tied and it just never got taken care of as a baby. Where, where do you think that came from in your kids? Yeah, exactly. And then two, as you were talking, I have a 11 year old who eats so well. He is like my best eater, but he always has so many cavities. And I'm like, yep. what is going on? But as you were saying that dry mouth, a mouth breather might be contributing to that. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's a mouth breather. So yeah. I'm like, that might be the case. I need to and bring him to you guys too. And that mouth breathing is, is so important because when you're breathing through your nose, it actually is creating something called nitric oxide, which helps with the growth and development in your 11 year old. So because he's not breathing through his nose, he's not going to grow the same. His growth is going to be stunted. We see signs like bedwetting in children who are much older than they should be bedwetting. We see ADHD and focus issues in children who are mouth breathers. So many behavioral growth, attention issues are affected by this mouth breathing and it changes the growth and development of the child for life. But here's the cool part. We always end with a, a little piece of hope. Um, there are devices that we use in children that help direct the growth and development so that they can start nose breathing and getting all the benefits of nose breathing again. So in a child 
oh, it's the perfect time to work on this. It's so much easier to direct growth than to reverse growth in an adult. So we use appliances that are low cost. They're used at home. They, they are removable, you know, like a mouth guard piece that goes in at night at home. We teach exercises to help do these things. If we can prevent the problems we see in our adults, that's like, that just makes our, our day. That just makes our, our week or our year. You know, that, that's, that's what makes us happy. Oh my goodness. I could talk to you guys for so long because as you're talking about bedwetting and ADHD, I'm like, oh, we could go on for another hour. So we're just going to have to have you back a third time because there's just so much good information. We're game. I wasn't getting when I said it was a rabbit hole. It is. uh, It's so interesting. And as you connect the dots, things just make sense. And it's really cool to see the actual results of kids going through um, some of our therapies and stuff. It's super cool. Well, I'm going to be calling today to make an appointment for my 11-year-old and my husband. So... Thank you so much for being here, both of you. I really appreciate it. I know my listeners have learned a lot of information from you. Tell my listeners where they can find you. So we are called Total Care Dental and Wellness. So if you look up totalcaredental.com, we are in American Fork, Utah, and we do a lot of virtual work as well. So uh, if you are not near to us, we can do virtual consultations for kids and adults and find a lot of these pieces. Sometimes we help facilitate finding a practitioner near you if you need ongoing care. And a lot of times people just come here for, you know, some short-term work if they need it. But if you're local to us, we'd love to see you. You can also find us online. We have so much information online. You don't even need to come, you know, so much of this information is on our website. Again, totalcaredental.com. It's also on our Instagram, which is Total Care Utah. And we are sharing all of this stuff day in and day out. So if you want to know more information, go there and you'll find a lot of uh, free information. Well, and then Dr. Jorgensen, you have your own Instagram account as well that I love following because you're always teaching about sourdough and gardening and healthy eating and things like that. Yep. That's living well with Dr. Michelle. Please join me there. Actually, I was just listening to the, I have a sold out class tonight on gluten-free sourdough. And just this morning, my gluten-free sourdough starter blew up in my kitchen. It's so very, very happy. So um, I, that's I awesome. How to do all of these things. Yeah. So please follow in uh, living well with Dr. Michelle also, because we tie in all the living well and lifestyle pieces with these dental health pieces, bring them all to, all to into, a, into a better life. I love it. I always close my podcast with asking my guests what they have found to be the best ingredient in life. And Dr. Jorgensen, I still remember your answer last time because it just was so different than I was expecting. You guys, she answered with grass-fed butter. And so (laughs) I don't know if that was going to be your answer again, but maybe tell them why you said it was grass-fed butter. Dr. Lindy talked about how uh, some of the deficits and cavities can come from lack of fat-soluble vitamins. And that's a big word to say. What it means is the vitamins that are found in fats. Well, one of the very best places to find that is butter. So no kid, no husband, no anybody ever complained when you said we're going to be eating more butter. So that's why I love it. Kerrygold is my brand of choice. It has uh, lots of those tooth building properties in it. So I will stick with my same answer. Dr. Lindy may have another one though. So my best ingredient of life. Is that what you said? Uh-huh. And, and you can't take butter. I already, t- I already said that. Well, <laughs> I was going to say laughter. Is that um, not fair to say? That's I'm perfect. Say laughter. That's a good one. We need to find I think laughter is the best. We need to find joy and happiness in this yeah. life. So that one is great. 
So yep. butter, butter and laughter go together very well. <laughs> yes, they do. Especially over Thanksgiving and Christmas. You can definitely exactly right. find those two. Well, thank yep. you both so much for being here today on the show. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.